This is bottom of the bill. What's going on with you guys? How long have you been together? How did you find each other writing all the good shit? We met in Vietnam. I was a line cook and she was a gunner and I was like, hey, have you ever heard of a role in SPDX? And she was like, fuck yeah, dude. Are you guys thinking about like relocating or doing anything like that? I mean, we're just thinking about touring as much as possible. I mean, I don't yeah. think we need to live somewhere else. I've just started to stop showering every day so I can get ready for touring. Oh my God. Is that the excuse that you're using? I'm joking. Yeah. I never shower. Yeah. <laughs> so you believe that we faked the moon landing? Why? I mean, sure. I like how casually you say that. Like, that's just an agreed upon thing. Where do you stand on all this stuff? I just do whatever Josh tells me to do. Okay. <laughs> that's an interesting dynamic. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm going to take care of you, baby girl. Wink, <laughs> wink three times if you're not safe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You are great writers. Oh, I appreciate uh, that. And I mean, you're definitely singing on the album, yeah, right? Yeah. You're a great singer. You know, Lauren is like, I think her strongest suit is the way she writes lyrics. I feel like some of the best <laughs> artists always have something that's like a little weird about them. And are, they uh, can't get rid of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They've tried. <laughs> oh, no. Where's my blink three times if I'm okay? <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? What's uh, how, have, how have your weeks been? Great. Good weeks. I'm yeah. finally better. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we get we get into it on the podcast with you. Wait, no, you're not. You're just hanging out today. There's no podcast coming out with you. <laughs> <laughs> you just stopped by the studio seeing how the cameras are treating us. Yeah, which he actually did uh, help us because our cameras have been overheating. <laughs> and little did we know after years of doing this podcast that there's just a setting. There's one fucking button. Yeah. I'm livid. I spent two hours yesterday because <laughs> Jack actually came in and did production for this podcast. It's the first podcast I haven't been on in. Maybe since I joined, like the first full episode that I wasn't here for. Mm -hmm. And he hits me up and he goes, yeah, man, everything went great. Uh, the one camera turned off seven times. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I'll work on that. So I went to go build the episode and premiere to send it to our guy. And it's just like, okay, fine. Where they start, where to current. Okay, boop, boop. Yeah, <laughs> poor Jay, man. Our guy down in South Florida who edits the YouTube videos. He sometimes, he 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 just he decided that he wanted to do this format because I wasn't gonna. We used to use that switcher right there to switch the, the angles, and then we just send him that file, and he would just make little edits and upload it. Then he was like, "Why don't you just send me the raw files, and I'll just put it together." I'm like, "All right." Oh, dude. he's got it easy now. I line it up for you. Him. Line it up for him. So I just send him a whole Premiere file, and he opens it up. It's already lined up. He just makes his cuts. I see. Okay. okay. I'm. It's poor me, buddy. <laughs> Poor, poor Chris, man. Well, at least you guys are getting paid now. So yeah, dude, totally. <laughs> making the big bucks. Uh, anyways, um, so what's been going on, Chris? Um, chilling, uh, working on some some new time-wise stuff. Working on some Alchematic stuff. Um, are we hashtagging releasing the video? We are hashtag releasing the video. We're releasing it this week, um, and I'm making the post between our podcast shoots today about dropping it on Saturday which was going to be my big time-wise thing. Yay, we're dropping it. Fuck yeah, It's dude. happening. Um, um, yeah. 
Could you put hashtag release the video in the uh, in the oh, post? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. I good. heard there was like some shitty camera guy you guys hired too. He was pretty bad, but hopefully in the future we can hire someone that we like working with. It was. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's my goal is to keep upgrading. Uh, no, we just we set the standard so fucking high. Now you're gonna have to come to all our video shoots and shit. And for real, oops. <laughs> Oopsies. Uh, that being said, bottom of the bill is available for video production stuff, and we will bring Miles on board to make us look good. So. I, I, got, I actually got to text you about it. I texted you about the day we got it. We got something coming up. So uh, yeah, so well, I'm, I got something with him coming up. Yeah, um, we're all. It's all. We got triangle. yeah, we got something for for me coming up in a few weeks, and then he just he, he might have another line yep. on a on a on an artist that we're gonna do a live video shoot for that we're obviously gonna need your help with as well. So yep. all right, look, you're making money on the podcast. Yep. I'm saying <laughs> right here, right now. One day this podcast will actually start making money. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be yeah. wonderful. Yeah, and then it's uh, the rest of the week. Um, book some cool podcast guests that we won't name, but like we got we got some cool stuff lined up down the road, which is always exciting. Those Hell always yeah. seem to come in batches. So like, yeah, we do a booking and then we kind of chill and do those. And so got some, some more guests coming up down the line that everyone's going to dig. And then, um, people will dig all of our guests, by the way, if you watch the shows, we get good guests of, in general. Of course. That's but, why we're still here. Yeah. Yeah. They'll Fucking just miles. also dig these guests. Yeah. Yeah. We it's, got, we got some names you might be familiar with on a, on a, on a big on a big level, that's pretty exciting. Chris has been sure. killing it with those. Yeah, just a lot of Instagram DMs. Yeah, <laughs> what you gonna do? I don't have three hundred dollars. So yeah, <laughs> that'll make sense in a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, um, um, yeah, and uh, yeah. So pod's been going well. Everything music release wise has been tracking. Uh, we're sending the Alchematic stuff out for distro this week, and it's yeah. gonna be we'll be announcing the release date for the first single in about a week or so. Um, and then, yeah, just a couple pickup gigs that were fun. And isn't there going to be are. like a music video or something? I too? think so, man. This one guy that shot for Time Wise is going to shoot for us, and yeah, I just are like, a little on the fence about it. Yeah, you know yeah. how His we're feeling about it. But tracksuit wearing, fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah, so we're shooting, and that's what we've been prepping for that too. So we're shooting that in a couple weeks. So we'll really talk about it without you here once we do it. But we're excited about it. Uh, Chelsea's been putting together some she's kind of had the vision for the video and everything. So we're, uh, we're bringing it to life. You're bringing it to life. I'm just here. <laughs> I, a, I just got us into a room. It's a collaborative <laughs> effort. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Chelsea's great with like the vision stuff, man. She's got like this whole, she is, she knows what she wants to see and she wants to like execute properly. So she's like yeah. very good about seeing that kind of stuff. You knows know? how to pull the team around to like make certain parts happen. It's been, it's been a cool process. It's really has just kind of started to materialize off of just like an idea. So yeah, yeah, it's been exciting. To get her brain jump-started with the first video, I was showing her like a bunch of dance music videos by this amazing group called Jungle. Um, they're like the modern-day version of the Bee Gees, just all falsetto, all white British dudes. It's freaking awesome. But then like yesterday, I get this email that's like, oh, you inspired me. So I came up with this whole new video idea, and I just love that shit. Hell but yeah, yeah, she's got the vision. She's got it. She gets super excited about that kind of stuff, too. That's mm. you know, It's cool to see. I'm excited for you guys. It's going to be yeah, awesome. I'm very stoked. Hell yeah. What you been up to? Um, 
just uh, you know, same old gigs. I had some fucking douchebag on my gig last week. Uh, run up to my microphone, tapped it to see if it was on, and thankfully it wasn't because these fucking talentless douchebags. I'm gonna make a post about it. You'll see it coming soon. Nice. I've already made. I've already made it. It's just sitting in my phone, waiting to be uploaded. <laughs> um, these fucking talentless douchebags want to come up and try and steal the fucking what little spotlight I get, right? Uh, on my set breaks because they have no other fucking like outlet, I guess. And there's like not an original thought in their head. So they have to come up and say some dumb shit in the fucking microphone and entertain them and their stupid ass fucking friends. Like, bro, I've got like no patience for that. The microphone, which is not even a great microphone costs more than the fucking dinner you're eating that night. So leave my shit alone, please. Totally. It's like, I don't get, I don't get the fucking like the audacity that some people have when it comes to to music, like live music. And I feel like that's like you, more common than I want it to be. Like I just had a guy thrown out of uh, MPs last week. Same shit. Muted the mic and everything. You got it. You got to. You know what I mean? But yeah. Like, because it's more common to have these rogue motherfuckers just like try to have a moment. You know. It's it's so stupid, bro. It's like just chill. Like sit there, drink your alcohol, eat your f- food, engage in your conversations. Don't even listen to me if you don't want. Yeah. Just don't touch my shit, bro. This is not for you. Yeah. I get that you spend your money here and you work all day during the week, all week long, and this is your time. But leave my shit alone. This is not for you. I'm fully convinced that we're not, like, when we play bars, we're not there to entertain the people. We're there to fill the space, like, acoustically. Yeah. They're entertaining themselves. Yeah. If they choose to tune into what we're doing and be entertained by that, great. But they don't turn the TVs off. Yeah. You know, the TVs are on. Their friends are there talking. They're talking to the bartenders. There's a fucking pinball machine or whatever. There's entertain. They can just come into a bar and pick their entertainment. We're not there to entertain people. Yeah. Like, we are there to be a pinball machine, essentially. hundred percent, bro. You know, and like um, I had people talk. I I was having a conversation with a good friend of ours. Good popular opinion. Um, totally. I was having a good. Uh, uh, we had the iPad debate, and. Uh, he was about saying, on stage use. Yeah, totally. Ooh, so, so I got opinions. We won't go the whole, we won't do the whole thing, but I had, you know, I was like, I use them at cover gigs all the time, but on original gigs where like, cause original gigs is where I entertain people. They want to come see what I'm doing. I entertain them at a cover gig. iPads there. It's staying there. It's staying on. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I'm not using it. I'm because I'm not there to entertain them. I'm there to do a job and that iPad is part of the job. Yeah, and they're like, "Well, what? You don't want to entertain people at these gigs?" I'm like, "No, I, that's not what they hired me for." Like, I no. I think I think people it's a, get it twisted. I think. Yeah, I think I think there's also context too. Like, there's some some bars that where like you do have a more engaging audience that you want to put on a show for. Sure. Um, but at a, at a sports bar, particularly, like if I'm competing with a with a with a game, or or literally, you know, pool or any other form of entertainment where they're not really paying attention. I don't really want to work that hard to get their attention. They're not going to remember it regardless. You might get one or two people, but they're never, they're probably not going to come back. It's just one of those things where it's a, it's, just, it's, it's a lot of energy to, to, to play music and then put on a performance as well. If I'm at a sports bar, I'm probably not going to give you both, right? Unless if you're yeah. buying a ticket to come and see me, then you'll get both. You get the full experience. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah. Um, and then out, outside of that, I started listening to this audio book called uh, Dangerous Rhythms. And it's about uh, the the um, uh, I guess jazz coming up uh, in the early 1900s, late 1800s in New Orleans, um, and how kind of inextricably tied it is to organized crime at the time. And 
and it kind of goes. So there's like all it's it's all um, you know nonfiction. So yeah. like you're following like Louis Armstrong, and you're following like you know uh, Jelly Roll, and all these like early jazz guys. And then also the the main characters are like these these early mob figures too, and how they own the clubs in New Orleans, and how you had Storyville, which is like this this vice area in New Orleans that they just allowed whatever to go to minimize crime, and this is where a lot of the jazz clubs were. Um, prostitution would happen there, and the, how the jazz guys, being predominantly black or, and even Italian as well, um, were found like these safe spaces in these uh, mob run clubs because they were both kind of these ostracized communities that were looking that didn't feel safe around the police and normal society so there was a protection that was offered there and just how the music informs the the the, the world and how the how the mob world informs the music and, and the business it's so i'm like a couple of chapters in and bro i can't get enough of it this sick this tj english yeah. guy he wrote he wrote he's written so many books on on the mob and uh, I read Paddy Whacked or listened to Paddy Whacked also, which is about the Irish mafia. And so it's cool because a lot of the same characters are popping up in this audiobook too. And he gives you these fully dissected, like th they're long books. But bro, if you're into organized crime shit, like I'm obsessed with that kind of stuff. I was going to say stuff. you're a big mob guy. Yeah. So for me, it's so cool to hear like the origin stories of people coming from Ireland and Italy and then like how like how that, that whole idea became like, you know, just ingrained in early American culture. And like, you really can't talk about America without the organized crime and, and jazz as well. Like the music of that era. It's just, it's so fucking dope. I love that shit. Hell yeah. So that's been occupying a lot of my time. Well, I'll add Sounds that like a good TV list. show to make. Mm. <laughs> I like what I fucking love where this guy's head goes, bro. It's fucking awesome. I'm hearing the sizzle now. <laughs> um, all right. So on this week, uh, we have Parks and Raz on the show. Um, these kids are fucking phenomenal. Uh, have you guys heard of them? No, Chris wasn't here their, for this episode. I see their names pop up on all these lines, so I'm aware of them. Yeah, but yeah, hadn't done a super deep dive or anything. They kind of remind me like an early No Doubt. Um, okay. kind of thing. Uh, Lauren, the singer, she's got a great voice, super, and she like sells the look, and like it's a whole thing. And then Josh is the uh, the guitar player, and they write they write the songs predominantly together. And I mean, bro, their their chemistry is amazing. They're fucking hilarious people. Like that show is just this episode is just a total fucking like we're just hanging out. You know, it's it, we were just cracking jokes and talking shit and like. And we get into the music and all that stuff too, but it's it's really it's a lot of us getting to know each other, and it was really fun. Yeah. Um, Jack was here for that one, so Jack, of course, adds in his little uh, <laughs> zingers, yeah, his little jackisms, <laughs> and uh, so it was cool. Um, there, I I think Jay probably will have it worked out. We had some camera stuff go on, but um, I it's think we'll have good. we got yeah. it all worked out. It's all good. So um, then, never mind that part. Just. Um, I think you're really going to enjoy these guys. They have new music coming out. You can follow them on Instagram. Again, it's Parks and Raz. They're on all kinds of festival lineups locally here, and they're going to be getting on the road at some point. They are being produced um, and currently supported by um, Endangered Wise Men Studios, which is where we do this podcast out of. So shout out to Rick and everybody involved with, with that. Um, yeah, so uh, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think in the comments, all that good stuff, Instagram. 
Uh, follow us, like, subscribe. We've got merchandise coming out soon. Uh, so we have a link in the description for that. You can check it out and um, share. Tell all your friends about it. We're trying to get the word out. Uh, anything we can do to help grow the scene. So we appreciate you guys. Enjoy the episode. This is Bottom of the Bill. You know that band Skyview? <laughs> yeah. They were like talking about the moon landing and I love them, but I went up to like my to Rick and I was like, do you think these guys know that they faked the moon landing? You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I don't think they got the memo, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so you believe that we faked the moon landing? One. I mean, sure. You know. <laughs> One. I like how... One. Sorry. Okay. Syphilis. <laughs> uh, Diabetes. Diabetes. I like One, how... Two. Uh, are, are we rolling now? Yeah. I like how casually you say that. Like, that's just an agreed upon thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, but how, like, wildly controversial <laughs> that, that it is to say that. You've seen those guys slip up. They'll be like, Did, were you nervous? They're like, I would have been. It's like, well, you would have been? Wouldn't you have been, bro? Like those like those five-second TikTok clips yeah, are yeah, taken out of context. Like, you think the moon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the Buzz Aldrin's beating some fucking BuzzFeed reporter's ass, bro. Yeah. Like, Don't fuck <laughs> Yeah, all of those clips make a lot more sense in context of a full conversation. There was an interesting movie called, um, was it Room 237 or some shit like that? It was a, a documentary about them like supposedly f about the conspiracy <clears throat> of the, the faking the moon landing and it's about Stanley Kubrick and because he was supposedly involved like you know he built the set and directed the whole thing if that's what you believe <laughs> um, and uh, no that's fact no, that, 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 that's, just, that's just what it is okay. the alleged I'll, moon landing alleged <laughs> oh my god dude <laughs> this uh, is already my favorite podcast yeah. I okay. fucking hate NASA bro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love fracking that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a fucking Shane Gillis joke yeah um, I love Shane Gillis he's the, he's the fucking yeah. goat man he's guys like, can go to the fucking capital dude yeah. like, <laughs> That's a good impression, actually. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's funny because, like, there was an interesting take on on that documentary where <clears throat> this guy was like, I believe we went to the moon. I don't believe the footage that we saw was them at the moon, which is an interesting take, yeah, which interesting. I, I could probably get behind, but... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that whole faking the moon landing is kind of wild. Yeah. Well, that means the KGB really did it. You know what I mean? So, Mother Why Russia, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're like, dude, we actually fucking got here, bro. The USA is the fucking uh, Armstrong of uh, space race. You know what I mean? What was that guy's name that did the biking with the roids? Neil Armstrong. No, no, was that? No, 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 no. Lance Armstrong. Now I'm like following you down like your troll. The United States is the Lance Armstrong of space races. Okay. Yeah, it's all bullshit. Lauren, where do you stand on all this stuff? I just do whatever Josh tells me to do. Okay. That's an interesting dynamic. I'm going to take care of you, baby girl. Wink three times if you're not safe. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. Cool. People look at us and they're like, 
That guy's the asshole. She's the mean one, dude. I just am the. I'm just the mouthpiece, bro. No, it's usually the person who doesn't talk as much that's like really pulling the strings. It's yeah, for sure. Lauren has a hard time dealing with. Uh, how do I word this right? You have a hard time dealing with people's feelings. You know what I mean? Especially <laughs> really? guys, right? Okay. Yeah. When, when <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just know when like any like we've had past band members that like really want to get all feely and talk about stuff, which oh, I'm all cool yeah. for. Like everyone should be heard. And Lauren will just be checked out. She'll be like, I, I can't listen to this right now, guys. Like, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> Josh is getting hopped up on this ghost and yeah. telling us all the fucking yeah. all the dirty deets all right the now. Lore. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you have a hard time dealing with emotions. Let's get into that. <laughs> no, okay, so let's shift gears and talk about the music, obviously. That's what we're here for. <laughs> um, so what's going on with you guys? How long have you been together? How did you find each other writing all the good shit? Uh, we met in Vietnam. You know, I was a, I was a line cook and she was a gunner and I was like, hey, have you ever heard of a role in SPDX? And she was like, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> Sweet. All right. And so. <laughs> no, uh, we uh, we both went to Mandarin High School. Okay. And uh, I, we both had American Sign Language class. She already knew sign language because yeah, her mom yeah, does yeah. sign language. Or, oh, okay. Yeah. She's a pro. Yeah, yeah. She, but uh, we met and we bonded over Rick and Morty. And I was like, wow, this chick's cool as <laughs> oh, fuck, nice. dude. Rick and Morty. Women can be funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I was I was a weird kid and she was kind of a weird kid. And, you know, we thought everyone else was weird. So um, I remember, like, I was showing her music that I would write and, like, you know, I remember she showed me her demos, and the thing that caught me was, like, her, like, words. You know, Lauren is, like, I think her strongest suit is the way she writes lyrics. You know what I mean? Um, like, every, like, like we're trying, we've been trying to break her away from this right now, but, like, mm. everything she writes, like, it always has to have a lot of purpose. You know what I mean? And they weren't cheesy. They were kind of funny. They were witty. They were, like, like, I just loved them, and that's really what really drew me to her, and I thought she had a really interesting voice and stuff, and we just started writing. We were 14, you know, we had our first band was called Night Beach. Um, we're famous in Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, in, in South Korea. Kind of, just, just whatever. Yeah, was yeah. it your time in Vietnam, do you think, that helped you? Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk about Vietnam, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all this fucking, all the beats coming through are giving Josh flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Burner. Burner. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, we start, like, I don't know, like, uh, we were talking about you this about this earlier. Like, I think part of like the reason we're so um, efficient now is just the fact of like, when you're 14, you're not really a fucking person, bro. You know what I mean? Like, we've just been writing, and like we kind of like grew as people together, and like, I don't know, we just have this weird bond. Like, we've had stuff happen to us that like as a band, like. It would probably break most bands, you know what I mean? And for some reason, we're just like, well, you know. Keep going. Yeah, we just keep going. That's uh, super important because I think a lot of the times shit happens and then it's very easy to kind of say fuck it and move on, especially at such an early age where, like, you don't really have to commit to anything that you don't want to, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So what do you think? I mean, I guess it's, it's the fact that you guys kind of like the same things and and like you're into similar music and you respected each other as musicians but like 
there's got to be something deeper there uh, that kind of keeps you guys connected, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would, I would definitely say this about. I would say Lauren's like the way Lauren's mind works is very like interesting and kind of scary to me. <laughs> you know, like I think I think I don't like to get all f- freaking airy fairy. You know what I mean? But I, I feel like some of the best. <laughs> Artists always have something that's like a little weird about them. You know what I mean? Airy fairy. Is that yeah. the uh, technical term? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a scientific term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, you know, me and Lauren are both sober, so we have that really in common. But I don't I don't really know what it is to honestly answer your question. Mm-hmm. Is there something deeper? Probably. But like, you know, we don't talk about it. We don't really talk about our feelings. You know I, mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I think also like, it felt like we had been writing for so long, like, already, that when we kind of thought of, like, Parks and Raz before it was really a thing, um, we had already committed to the idea that this is going to go somewhere. And, like, literally the day that we figured out the name, like, it was going to be both of our names, we went and got a tattooed. <laughs> yeah. like, really? On our bodies, yeah. <laughs> on our wedding fingers. No shit. <laughs> We married to the music for real. <laughs> That's fucking wild, dude. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. yeah. All right, guys. This episode's brought to you by Best Buds CBD Store. If you're like me, maybe THC isn't always the right high for you. Or maybe the legal status of THC has you a bit hesitant to indulge. So at Best Buds CBD Store, they have an array of CBD and Delta 8 THC products. These guys truly care about their service, so everything is meticulously sourced and prepared to deliver a top-notch product and experience. If you head to their website, you'll find all kinds of educational information regarding Delta THC and CBD. Uh, Not to mention if you use promo code BOTBPOD, that's B-O-T-B-POD, you'll save 10% on your order. This is not a one-time deal. If you use promo code BOTBPOD, every time you place an order with Best Buds, it will give you 10% off. That's in perpetuity forever. So head over to Best Buds cbdstore.com and start saving on all of your cbd and delta a products enjoy guys so what's it kind of been like growing this project over the last few years because you mentioned that you were earlier you mentioned that you were cycling through band members and you've gone through name changes and stuff so why did you land on this name and what's the process been to get here well the name specifically like i don't know why we thought of it it's kind of like a plan hall and oats you know what i mean um Parks and Raz, like it's both of our names. We wanted it to be a duo. I mean, um, I liked my last names in it, so like if no one could really kick me out of this band. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Selfishly, but I mean, the road to get where we have been has been crazy. You know what I mean? Like we really started taking this seriously when me and Lauren were both turned eighteen, um, and we we were like, all right, we want to get a live band together. We had basically written about a hundred songs um, in the year before that. And we were like, okay, we're gonna take these and like make them live. And you know, we we've had a couple iterations of bands, but I'd say the big turning point is um, my stepdad used to be in this band called Yellow Card. Um, he was the original bass player. And oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. And after he left, he lived with a couple guys, and one of those guys happened to be a writer. Um, he's written for like Blake Shelton, Maroon Five, The Used, like different random people, and he lived out here. And I started playing this cover band while I was playing with Parks and Raz, so we were at the same practice space. So after Parks and Raz practice, a cover band would come in, and I'd just be going back and forth. And me and this guy Travis just started talking about music and stuff, and I told him all my dreams as like a writer and as like a band. 
And he was like, hey, like, let me come in and, like, work on your stuff. And I was like, okay, like, whatever, right? <laughs> and he came in, and this guy really, like, he took all the fat off our song. He did classic pre-production, right? Took the fat off our song, worked with melody, worked with um, structure and that kind of a thing. Um, and that changed our whole life. And then he also was kind of, like, worked on our live show, like, how can we make it easily accessible? And Travis, we always call him our fifth Beatle, but he's really the reason that we've, I feel like we've, moved really fast like these past like two years uh, we've skipped a lot of steps that bands like take a long time to understand you know right now like we don't have a whole lot of music out like hopefully there'll be music out when this comes out but um the only reason we have draws because we're fun to see live you yeah. know what i mean and i think travis really helped us hone that so this makes a lot of sense now <clears throat> because uh rick sent me some tracks just to listen to ahead of time and I mean, the writing is, I mean, just so well done. Thank you. And the production uh, is phenomenal. Uh, the parts that were all written are all very purposeful, and they just all fit very well. And, I mean, the lyrics are great. The performances are top-notch. I mean, I've done a lot of studio work over the years, and when I listen to... Uh, to especially like independent bands, I'm always looking for the mistakes because you know that they're coming. <laughs> and there was nothing about what I heard that seemed sloppy or or just um, not paid attention to, you know what I mean? Thank you. So um, this makes a lot of sense now. How much of the performance and how much of what I heard was you guys off rip versus like kind of helping with production and trimming down the fat like you were saying? I feel like there's only there's only one song on here that is an exception but all the other uh, the nine out of the ten songs are pretty much like pretty much what you hear is 80 percent of what was already there okay um i think travis came in and chopped off that 20 percent that like didn't need to be there like made stuff shorter here yeah accent groove here this melody should pop here you guys should be out here like dynamically mm -hmm. um so that kind of happened for every song the one song which is my favorite song out of these ten is one that me and Lauren had that like I there we knew the song ride it'll probably be called something else when it comes out but um it was the song idea was there the melody was there and I was like Travis I know something's here like do something with it and mm -hmm. that's where I really saw Travis shine is he turned this into like a fully formed song and it's one of the best songs that we play um, but minus that like really one um, exception um, pretty much like he, like he basically just helped like clean it up you know there's a few there's a few songs where i think you and him did melody together right mm. like fell in love yeah yeah fell in love. um but yeah most of what you hear is pretty much like m like it'll start with me kind of writing a piece of music and then sending it to lauren and lauren will get a couple like melody ideas come like down and then we'll come to my house and we'll demo it out again um, and then we'll bring it to a band and kind of work on it. And then Travis will come and do his stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Lauren, where are you kind of drawing inspiration from when you're writing and coming up <clears throat> with melodies? Because um, as you were saying earlier, it's kind of like ironic and you're, you're trying to think everything like nothing. There's no wasted word or space. Right. Yeah. So where are you drawing inspiration from? Um, like artistically or. Yeah. But I mean, just anything. Yeah. Artistically and. A lot of the time, like, the the lyrics that end up in our songs are, like, poems. 
that I jot down very quickly or like I kind of piece all those things together and until I get like in a headspace where I'm like okay I can I can write something real for this and they kind of just sit in a drawer or like a notebook and you know but so you're basically pulling from those kind of backlog poems mm -hmm. that you have um do you guys like sit down and like make a choice to to work and write or or is it just kind of like it comes to you and you just start getting to work i think both I th yeah i think both both yeah. happen i mean there's times where we've written where we like don't want to fucking be there yeah. and yeah. sometimes we come out like writing something really cool yeah and i feel like Sometimes people will be like, oh, I'm just not really feeling it, so like, I can't do it. And mm. that's something we really try hard to, like, if we're not really feeling it, like, push through it anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, really figure something out. Like, we've had times where, you know, like, me and Lauren can have this, like, brother-sister, like, like bond thing going on. So, like, well, we've... We bicker. We've been <laughs> like, this is... No, I don't fucking like this. Like, <laughs> but, like, there's, like, a, you know, it's kind of like your bro, you know what I mean? Like, there's just, like love there so it's like we figure it out anyway we're at, like we are really good at checking our ego when we're writing that's awesome you know i mean and that's the biggest thing really is not having a fucking ego when yeah. you're writing 100 yeah. percent, man i love kind of we, we were talking about this off air but I, I really like this idea because we were talking about um believing that everybody has the best intention of <laughs> like of the band in mind right mm -hmm. So like, there's no, there's nothing like I think that you're trying to sabotage this, or I don't trust your judgment on it. Yeah. I really believe that you know. So like the arguing is for a purpose, and then I think it makes it easier to um, compromise, right? Yeah. On some things. Yeah. Well, I mean, me and Lauren's thing is like if we can't agree on something, we're like, all right, we need to come up with something completely different. Yeah. Right. That's always our thing. Mm -hmm. We don't we don't bicker about that one idea because there's so many ideas in songwriting. You right. Know? You gotta choose your battles. Yeah. Type yeah, thing. yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't really fight about, like, I know I said that we, like, fight, but we don't really... We, like, bicker. Yeah, but we don't, but it, I've never, I can't remember a time where we've, like, really had, like, a fight. Like, yeah. I don't think so. I've seen other bands fucking... Is we have, like, fight, some, dude. it's more, it's more realistic to say, like, we know that we're working for some bigger purpose, so it's yeah. not really worth just, like, yeah. you know, having a little spat Yeah, is whatever. Yeah. As long as we can keep going forward. Yeah. yeah. Being in a band is hard, dude. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, this isn't, like, you know, I feel like everyone kind of glorifies being in a band, but, like, bands that, like, to like, after, like, like, this past year, like, after seeing what it really takes to be, like, in a band, like, any artist ever, like, even ones that are people, like, they, everyone writes for her and, like, she's a sellout. It's, like, they're fucking workhorses, dude. Yeah. Like, it's not easy. Like, the, especially at, like, someone like side hustles level like you guys have to tour all the time you guys are booking all your own shows like you guys are, like it's a fucking hustle dude like it sucks and like the hardest part of it is just finding people who like are stoked to do it you know? yeah totally there's a there's a concept that that i kind of was toying with and it's not like the idea of selling out to me is kind of like a bullshit concept yeah, i agree and i think it's more like are you selling out or are you buying in type thing? Yeah. Mm. You know, it's like, what do you have to do to sustain yourself in a career that you've worked, you know, 20 years to cultivate? And then if you start doing things that non-musicians think uh, they term as like selling out, it's like, dude, 
what do you even know about what this person's put into (laughs) their career? You know, I don't even care if you come from like a musical legacy or if you're, if you have like one of those, you know, momagers or whatever, (laughs) like, I don't even care. Like any angle you can work in this industry to give you a leg up or to get ahead. I mean, short of, you don't want to be like a backstabber or like not be trustworthy, obviously, but like you do have to work whatever angle you can, you can work to, to, to break in and sustain yourself. Mm -hmm. So this idea of like selling out or whatever is such fucking bullshit. I agree. (laughs) I agree. It's like, wow, I can pay my rent now. Like I'm selling out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand. There's a lot of the the hardcore scene here. Oh, totally. It's very, it's very elitist, which I love. There's a lot of hardcore bands I love here, so I don't want them to think. I'm being a shit talker. I've just noticed <laughs> that it's very like it's very clubby. It's like you're not hardcore. I'm hardcore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, every like, genre of music. Oh, has you're it. playing in a real venue, not a fucking coffee shop, dude. Fuck you, yeah, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean, <laughs> sell out. Totally. There's a uh, there's that in every scene. Jack, I'm sure can attest to that in the jazz community. Because like, do do you ever find uh, there's like a um, kind of like a a standard or like a a commitment to tradition or a lifestyle almost that once you start to deviate, there's this collective, I don't know, like uh, disdain for what you're doing. Um, you, you could easily grow disdain if you're trying to execute high level music in a very unappreciative setting, which the one of the good things about Jacksonville is that there's a great jazz scene here with a lot of really high level players but not a lot of places to play. So that is a thing. But, you know, with jazz, everyone sort of has their own way of presenting what their interpretation of of the music's history is. You know, you could be very progressive with it. You could be very traditionalist. And typically people kind of like click together just for the sake of, you know, someone and someone and someone form a group because they're all speaking the same language of the same kind of time period you know traditional versus modern but i mean i think it's fun to be able to do everything and uh, i I think that's why i have so many friends and the different groups but yeah you could definitely kind of get into a click for sure and it's it seems like in jacksonville it's kind of that way but more genre versus genre outside of the jazz right it doesn't seem as much like within a funk community there's like guys that are really trying to play old school funk versus people that are really trying to like push the envelope and it, it doesn't seem as much like that right. compared to the jazz scene but i don't know yeah yeah for sure there, just that level of like kind of just a commitment to like to what you think the right thing is you know and then uh, you do find that that elitism and it does <clears throat> come through and it creates like this kind of schism i think in uh in scenes it's just kind of weird you know mm. i mean what's weird about us dude when we first started playing shows we were playing like our first like 10 shows were all with like hardcore bands you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. and every time we we're there like ever like i just like i love that stuff so i don't i don't know what they really think but it always seemed like it's like who the fuck are these yeah. guys you know what i mean yeah. we were just like who are you dude <laughs> like <laughs> yeah i could definitely see that not working out yeah. um yeah. you guys are much more of like a like an early no doubt kind of vibe. That's what I <laughs> We've would. Gone, I've gotten that lately. Yeah. Lot, yeah. Yeah. I take that. Yeah. No I mean, doubt. that's yeah. like, I mean, that's my favorite era of no doubt yeah. for sure. Yeah. I grew up with that stuff. So I absolutely love that, but I can definitely see that pairing with hardcore bands 
early on is must be must have been a weird yeah uh, dynamic. I mean, we're pretty post punky. I mean, I always tell people we're just alternative, like mm-hmm. you know, like indie band now like has like a negative connotation like, oh like they're an indie band like like that definition sidebar that definition has changed so much since i've been around like like when in the 90s it just meant independent like it was just a like an industry term and then like when i was in high school it was like oh like reverb and chorus guitar sounds right before that i was like the strokes and now it's like oh like you're a shitty indie band you know what i mean so i've stopped saying that like usually we'll just be like, oh like we're alternative or whatever but we really are like like a post-punky pop rock band is kind of what yeah. we're trying to be. Yeah. Know? No, I think you guys nailed that for Thank sure. You. Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's weird how the indie thing is, is and it's been like that forever. Even yeah. when I was younger, there was like, you know, like I came up middle school, high school, or early 2000s. So it was like indie at that time had a whole different meaning than what indie today has. At the end of the day, it's just about being an independent artist. Yeah. But like, there is this, but because like, I wouldn't have considered side hustle in an independent band. Yeah. We we absolutely were. Everything yeah. was done in house. But like, mm. as far as our style goes, there was nothing like indie indie yeah, yeah. about it. You know, yeah. so it's kind of hard to like find. Well, we are an independent band, so I don't really know how to how to like brand it then. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, so it's kind of weird. But I'm curious about also just the formation of what you guys have gone through as a band. Dude, <laughs> it must be uh, hearing us. It's di- the Diversity Planning Institute. <laughs> <laughs> Four white guys in a room. Dude. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Jack is white. fucking. Oh yeah, put it upside down. Yeah. 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 Nice. Shout out to our boy Trey Miller who did this. This is a map of his uh, of his um, fantasy world that he wrote a book about. It's like a Harry Potter meets music theory kind of world. Nice. It's pretty dope. The so. minor C. Yeah, it's it's pretty ele- oh, it's really that's, nice. that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking cool. If you if you're into fantasy and like all that stuff, uh he wrote a dope book about it. Uh it's cool. Yeah. Anyways, shout out to Trey Miller. Um the minor C. Yeah. The major C, the minor C. That's fucking smart. Yeah, <laughs> he's got like all these different tribes that are built around the different modes of the, the major scale and it's just it's fucking it's dope. He really went all out. Damn, this motherfucker whimsical as hell. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crack me up, bro. So when when are you starting your comedy career? Yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I do want to get back to the question of the formation of the band and all that. Mm. I find it like doing this podcast and stuff. I've um, and just being on the road so much where we wanted to like not indulge in music all the time because it's always like fuck dude like you're playing shows and you're writing and then you're recording and just always music 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 so we got really into comedy when we were on the road and we were listening to all these comedians podcasts and just listening to stand-up specials and so i got super like now i'm just like obsessed with comedy because there is this element of it being so relatable to music it's it's close enough where you can relate as a musician but far enough away where you're not thinking about music while you're listening to it yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. well comedy is such a weird art form because it's so objective you know yeah I mean? like you can hear whether people like it because they laugh like totally it's so weird like i i'm obsessed with comedy in the same way of like like all the art forms you know like comedy is like like how do people write like you should go like it's just it's weird to me you know what i mean yeah so, and like how you have to 
there are certain principles uh, that that make sense to me as well. Like being in a jam band where it was like there's like your the, the like the the show kind of changes a little bit every night, and there's this element of improv, and like you're taking stuff that you were utilizing in practice. Um, and you're now trying it out in a real setting to see mm. if you can actually pull it off live. And then like adjusting things, seeing how the crowd reacts to this kind of a transition, this kind of a buildup and adjusting your show night by night mm-hmm. um, based off the previous night. You know, So there's an element of it that I really appreciate mm-hmm. and try and keep in mind when I'm like performing and stuff as well. Do you guys like find that at all? A, a little bit. We're we're big fans of hyper consistency with a lot of things. Yeah. So I, and like that's something that like labels will kind of look forward to it. Like from what we've learned. So totally. like we want like what Lauren says each night will change, but really what the show is, we try to keep it the same. Like we want people yeah. to be like they always put on a great show. Right. 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 It can change a little bit as long as it's always that was a great show. Totally. So yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense for yeah. sure. So going back to forming the band, you guys have kind of cycled through band members and stuff um I'm, I'm i love this kind of stuff uh so where do you like why do you think you've had this kind of influx of different musicians um you know looking back on it introspectively whatever and then you know how are you dealing with net with it now currently i mean i think in the beginning like like just learning how to be a leader you know what i mean i definitely wasn't always the best leader um you know, I tried. I've I thought, you know, when I first started out, like I always thought the best way is to always talk to everybody the same and be as like I guess just be blunt, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I've learned over time it's just like you got everyone's different, you gotta talk to people differently. Um, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know if you wanna talk about this, but like Lauren, you know, we've been a band we've been like this band for like three years and Lauren's been sober for a year so you can do the math on that (laughs) there was a little bit of time where it was like kind of on and off um for that but um you know I think uh I think we had some band members that have been there for a long time Mm. and you know I think uh I think like you know I don't really know like it makes me sad to think about because some of these guys were like we we had we had a two guys um leave like about three months ago that were like they had been there basically for like one of them one of our old guitar player was like our original guitar player um and the bass player they left too i think um it just got a little much for them like like just the time we needed and we started to pick up and stuff and we had basically with them we had cycled through like three drummers and we had a third drummer who mm-hmm. left um and they were just like we can't we can't do this anymore what do you what what about uh you don't have to go into it if you want but i'm always curious what about the, um the demand of the band do you think was too much for them were you guys like rehearsing multiple times a week and like you know expecting a certain standard of things yeah, i think like the like we've always pushed for like a very professional environment and that demands a lot of practice and you know we're fortunate that we can put every like ounce of our time into writing and you know everything that has to do with our band but not everybody can do that or is able to see like that big picture i also want to yeah. add that like all these guys like me and Warner 20 a lot of these guys were like 24, 25, 28. You know what I mean? So, and we're asking for a lot and we can't pay them. Right. And they're right. also part yeah. of a band where we're a duo. So, 
from that perspective, I totally fucking get it, mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, priorities are just different. Like, we need people that are, like, can actually give the time. Like, me and Lauren are lucky that, like, we're 20. Like, it's okay if we're, like, a loser for, like, two more years, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, guys, newsflash, you can be a loser for 15 more years. <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. Right here, no, guys. Dude, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but that does make a lot of sense. There's definitely, like, that thing where people start to get, especially once you start hitting your mid-20s, and you start to think about like, well, you know, I need to start making money and That's I want to settle down, have a family at some point. And, you know, if things aren't, you know, you guys are so young. So like there's this difference in like priorities, like what makes sense to you right now versus what makes sense to people that are a little bit older at the moment. You know, so if you guys got five years on this before you decide you want to, you know, call it quits. Somebody who's 25 is like, well, dude, I'm going to be 30. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like a different kind of thing. Right. Right. It still, it still makes me sad. It still really bums me out because, you know, we had just been so, through so much with those guys. And I totally get it, you know. And I think, um, I hope that they'll still do music, you know. And I think they started, a, like, they started, like, a new group or whatever. And I wish them the best. But, you know, our guitar player leaving really, really makes me and Lauren sad just because it's, like, he's been there since the beginning and just gone through so much. And I think that he just couldn't... Um, handle the time constraints and stuff which again i totally get but i love you seth if you're watching <laughs> but um yeah i mean we're we're fortunate that we've had so many talented people like in our kind of come through and you know i don't we i really would love to have a band that's just the same you know what i mean so i don't want us to i don't want you know people to look at us like oh they have an influx of band members like they must be hard to deal with and yeah. i don't i don't think that's necessarily the case um I do think me and Lauren are intense people, but I don't think that we are hard to get along with people or, like, I don't think we're assholes. Like, I think that we just, we want the best and we really, really, really want this. And we are fortunate enough to understand, like, what it really takes. And um, we've learned a lot from having different people come in. So I'm fortunate for that. You know, I've, I think I've finally kind of figured out how to be a good leader in a music setting, which has always been my biggest struggle um and i think lauren's really figured out how to do that as well like lauren's really stepped up to these past few months like she does all of our social media um she does all of our merch stuff like she's really good like right now like outside like the band members that are in it like they just show up to practice and they play and me and lauren do everything else yeah so and are you looking for people that, I mean, this is not to disparage anyone that you're <laughs> playing with now, so I don't want to make it seem that way, but are you wanting a more democratic kind of thing where everyone's kind of got their own roles and this and that, or are you kind of happy with the dynamic of you guys kind of bear, you know, carrying the burden of most of the responsibility and just kind of having people in as you need them? Yeah. You, I mean... You got this. Yeah. You got this. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of both. Like, I, I think that right now we're still kind of like everybody's getting comfortable with each other. But I think for the most part, we're okay with like having those responsibilities. I, I really am. Like, I, I know that, like, and I'm sure you know this, but I will sometimes be like, oh, fuck, like, social media is like hard to run and like editing and all this shit is kind of time consuming and annoying sometimes. But I would also not like if anybody else did it. I'd be like, I don't like that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, totally. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you said democracy, and 
this is I feel like controversial. I feel like bands cannot function under a democracy. Mm-hmm. I feel like any band that says they're a democracy always has one or two people that are like, and usually those people are the songwriters that are usually in charge. I feel like there's n- no clear leader. Like musicians are so unconfrontational as people and so sensitive as people that like it, I feel I've been in bands where it's a democracy and I just see everything fall apart eventually. You know what I mean? Like I don't feel like anything gets done. And not to say that me and Lauren are dictators, but um, I think everyone like we're not we want we want everyone to help. We want ideas. I just feel like when it's something where we're like, okay, any decision needs to be a vote. Sometimes that just gets in the way. Like, yeah, I feel like at some point like you're just there needs getting to be a final decision yeah, maker. Yeah. You're just getting in your own fucking way at that point, you know. Like, totally. Um, I've had many struggles over the years with this kind of dynamic because it's interesting. I come from like the blues world. Okay, I was touring in blues bands um, before I even had my own band, and it's very <laughs> similar to how it works in like the jazz world or like. In you know where there is a clear and defined band leader, there and there's no argument or discussion about it. Yeah, like the entire show revolves around what they're doing, right? Um, coming into a world of like the jam band thing, where there's this perception of like we're all kind of contributing and this and that. It was hard to kind of get people to fully understand. I think that one person needs to have the final say, yeah. so the power struggle can be there. Um, so I always found, and maybe you guys can relate, um, or you disagree maybe, but I've always found that, um, there's a level of democracy that can exist and it usually, it, it usually lives in the creative space mm. and really nowhere else. Yes. Like yes. booking right. shows, um, you know, marketing stuff, merchandise stuff. I think that's less about what we all think collectively. Yeah. And I think we're, when we're talking about writing and stuff like that, coming up with parts, this is where our voices can be yeah. heard the most, you know? I think that's really, like, that's really how we operate. It's like, when it comes to writing, dude, it's like, like, you guys are, we're in a band, we're in a room with, like, three awesome musicians, right? And then me and Lauren are shitty musicians. So, <laughs> like, we were, it's awesome, you know what I mean? Like, I'm all for that. The right, I'm, that's kind of how we operate, like... I think, you know, we've gotten to situations where, like, the outside stuff is like, caused arguments because, like, you know, some people don't want to play shows or go here. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. what's the point of doing that? And, yeah. like, it's just like, bro, like, we have no draw in Orlando. Like, we need to play fucking Orlando, bro. Like, I'm tired of playing Jackrabbits every weekend. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if I play Jackrabbits one more goddamn time, dude, yeah. I'm going to go to the Dames Point Bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take a bunch of Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll enjoy it, but I'm jumping. <laughs> I don't think that came up. I don't, I don't think we talked about that on air, but that's a callback to yeah, 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 yeah. off air. Yeah. Um, I can't remember anymore. <laughs> also, uh, no disrespect to Tim Hall. Shout out. Yeah, we love, love you. Yeah. Friend of the show, um, you're the goat, dude. Yeah, you're the goat, bro. Please don't stop booking us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess I should have said somewhere everyone hates or that's closed. You yeah. know? No, no. Also, good friends of the show, and I love 1904 Music Hall yeah. and everything they do. Um, yeah, there's no venue in Jacksonville that we hate. Let's just right. let me make that clear. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, no. But I see. I know what you're saying, though. Totally. Yeah. And like, you have to get into new markets. And I, like, how are you guys billing those shows typically? We just got a booking agent, so that is really, like, like, and not, like, a, um, someone, like, we got, like, one of our friends, like, has started to book for us, and 
really what that is is like I can't spend I don't have time all day to sit there and email people all day all yeah. day about shows so we basically have someone doing that for us who, right and that's kind of changed like we're trying to like get out of town more like right now we're like we are only playing Jacksonville once a month unless it's like a really good show that we should hop on and everywhere else we want to be out of town out of town out of mm-hmm. town and right now we got a really good group of guys like who's playing guitar with us now is our friend Besson who is actually in our band like we we're 14 okay. um, he's awesome and like he's really stepped up and then we have our bass player Matt Matthew Depre. Um he's a jazz guy um, he went to DA he's freaking awesome and he's awesome at skateboarding too like, <laughs> nice. fuck, did he he was used like to be pro. he used to be signed as like a child dude. Oh, yeah. and he's so quiet he won't even tell you it'll, it'll be like like you'll hear from somebody else it'll be like you were signed I'll be like yeah I was signed <laughs> <laughs> like do you have anything else to say about that no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> like Matt's one of those guys too we'll just send him the song and he'll just he'll just come in and he'll know it he's sick Besson's that way too and we have our friend um our other friend Matt playing drums for us okay. right now. Okay. Um, I think we're looking for like a drummer who's just a little bit younger and more permanent. Like Matthew can't tour right now, so um, but he's like we we're really lucky. Like um, all these guys are fucking awesome. Like last night we had a practice where like we actually wrote a song in a room, which we don't ever do. Like we write and we bring. We write and then we bring it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we did that, and it was like, dude. I wanted to come, bro. Like, <laughs> like, I like I had never written like that, and, and everyone kind of just let me do my thing. Where I'm just like, okay, this needs to be here. This needs to be here. Like, like it was awesome, and they all got it. And like when they did write their parts, they were smart, and like it was just it was just awesome. Yeah. So we're really lucky right now to have these guys. And you know, me and Lauren have been doing it for like seven years, and you know, we try we try really hard to like be as grateful as possible. You know what I mean? Like before shows like me and Lauren have this routine where we're like we'll like we'll kind of just in together and we'll talk about why we're grateful and what we have to be like thankful for and we'll be like yeah not many bands get to go around the Florida and just do whatever you know we're doing more than what most bands do you know what I mean like um not many bands get to write together for seven years like just stuff like that and that kind of always just helps us stay humble you know what I mean because you can get really caught up sometimes you know with like oh like we're cool or whatever and me and Lauren are really good about like, like we just are stoked to be here, you know, like like this. I mean, Rick did say he would kill my dog if I didn't do this. Okay, but um, we are really thankful you that you're having us here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rick would like buy you a puppy, give it to you, and then kill it. If you I love you, do. Papa Rick. Yeah. <laughs> also, Rick's a person too that like kind of came in a couple months ago. Like we we were gonna record all the guitars and stuff ourselves. We just were like, we need to get good drum capture somewhere. We came in here, and Rick was like, "Hey, you want free studio time, dude? Like, <laughs> hey, we shouldn't say that on there. <laughs> not free. No, not free. <laughs> it definitely wasn't free. No, no, de- <laughs> I was where would this money be coming from? <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean Rick's someone who's really believed in us, and like we're we are really like fortunate to have so many people like a band that's such an infant stage like truly no one really gives a fuck about us but like people are like we see your work ethic and we recognize it um and we just want to help you guys get forward so totally yeah yeah rick was um very excited about you guys when he first uh filled me in i think he filled me in it might have been a couple months ago now uh, and he was like dude i'm working with this new band like 
they're fucking awesome. Like he really sold it hard, and I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> like I don't, I I just got to know Rick over the last few months. So you know, as a musician who's been doing this for a long time, I take everything with a grain of salt. You know, mm-hmm. so I was all right. Well, you know, yeah, we'll see. And he yeah. sent me some links, and I checked him out, and I was like. Dude, this band's like legit fucking great. Thank uh, there's a lot of potential. So um, I was so when I heard the music, I was like, st- I instantly was like, yo, let's get them on. Like, just let me know what works. So I'm glad we were able to make it happen. You know, yeah. it's exciting. You know, for I moved to Jacksonville like, man, like eight years ago now. Wow. Um, and where are you from? I'm from South Florida, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Cool. Um, so for me it's exciting i came here and there was like a lot of things happening and then uh there's kind of like you know nothing happening for a while um it seemed that way at least in my scene and then to see people like you coming up and with this kind of it's just refreshing you know because a lot of the times what you guys are doing is heard you know in new york la um, you know, Austin's God's thing, Nashville, obviously, but you don't hear like a lot of that level of professionalism coming out of smaller cities. So it's refreshing to see you guys and it's exciting, um, to see you based out of this town, you know, yeah. thank you. Are you guys thinking about like relocating or doing anything like that? I mean, we're just thinking about touring as much yeah. as possible. I mean, I don't yeah. think we need to live somewhere else. You I know? could live in a van for all I fucking yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've just started to stop showering every day so I can get ready for tour. Oh, my God. Is that the excuse that you're using? I'm joking. I never shower. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's fucking working out his quick five. (laughs) (laughs) They got a fucking comedy night at Rain Dogs, bro. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I saw this guy one time. I would, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go to one of these open mic things and just watch it. Like I'm into comedy. I go there and the first joke's like, "What's up?" And he said the f word, but the other f word. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I was like, "Oh, (laughs) we're in five points, brother." (laughs) It's like, yeah, no one's gonna think that's funny there. Do you like five points? Yeah, I mean, I lived, I lived in five points for a few years. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. You know, I wish there was more happening musically. You know, I could use a, like it could use another like bigger music venue. I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, but you're not lying when you say you like it. No, I mean, I, I it's it's probably because it, I feel like people say they like it, but I, m- my personal opinion on Five Points is like putting makeup on a pig, like it's still a pig. Yeah. You know. <laughs> oh um, you don't like Five Points, obviously. I'm I'm just I'm just trash and I just think everyone's like five points is so cool, dude. Well, I also I'm like, I think it used to be different when we were like. Me like and Lauren consumers. almost got stabbed. We almost <laughs> yeah, got we stabbed did. in five points. <laughs> yeah. We were walking. We got. I got a snapple. We're walking back, and some guy comes up and he starts running at us. And Lauren's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" And I just turn around, dude, and I was like, "You're making me nervous, dude. People will make me nervous. Get hit in the mouth." And she's and she just starts screaming. And she's like, "Why'd you I turn around scream. at him? Why'd you charge him?" I did not scream. Yeah. You're making me look bad. Yeah. So Josh is also a compulsive liar. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Scream! What are you talking about? <laughs> God. Um, you know what's okay. funny is that I feel like I've been talking most of the time, and you won't ever shut the fuck up anytime. <laughs> I don't see but now, now you want to not talk. <laughs> I think five. I think um, 
I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> Please don't make me look like a dick. No, I feel like you're doing a great job yourself, but <laughs> that was fucking me. <laughs> I think Five Points was really different when we were like primarily consumers of music, like in high school. Yeah. Like different in a good way or a bad way? Like I think that good way. Yeah. I mean good for other artists, like Artists are like leaving Jacksonville, and good for them. Like, like, like when I was in high school, all the bands were cool. Like, Flip Turn was coming up, Phase Wave was coming right. up, Bobby Kid. And you could go case. to Rain Dogs and be in the packed room. Yeah, and like see those bands Dude, that are now like. Touring. I remember this legendary show. Phase Wave is one of my favorite bands. Like, they're from here. Like, they changed my life, taught me how to write. Like, like it was awesome. Um, <laughs> But I went to this show at Rain Dogs and it was packed and Phase Wave was a trio and they were fucking hammered before they got on the stage. But I just remember being in a room and everyone's like, take me to your beach. Like it was just wild, dude, bro. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there used to be like a really cool like indie scene here. Yeah. You know, and we're lucky. I think it's also made like a lot of room for like people like our age to, not that they're like old legends or anything but like next class musicians to come up yeah Yeah. that's how it works though right you have like a booming little scene bands you know they they quit or they start to grow it's one or the other and then you know they're not in the local scene anymore you know it's like they i mean they can't be right so then this creates this void and there's a period of time where there's a new class of musicians are trying to like get started and figure it out and then that void starts to get filled and then that's it's just a cycle, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think Jacksonville's been kind of going through that uh, for a little while now. So I'm excited to see what the new crop brings. But I think, you know, Five Points is... A, I just wish there was more happy... Like, again, this isn't to sound any kind of way, but, like, Miami's got, like, a thriving, like, yeah. art scene. We have, like, Midtown mm-hmm. and, like, Wynwood, that whole area, which when I was coming up, when I was at your age... It was kind of like like the like art basil and all and like all that was just kind of getting established, and then so it went from like a block on this little like really shitty like neighborhood kind of block to now it's like this entire neighborhood is just like mm. really dope graffiti art and like these art galleries and you know avant garde music and just like like creative things happening. Mm. All right, so. I see a lot of potential in like all of Riverside to have a similar kind of thing. I just I just think it needs more people and you know just more investment into that kind of a thing mm-hmm. to see it really thrive the way that it's thriving in Miami. You know, yeah. I mean Jacksonville is really weird because we're like we're like really are like the biggest small town ever, but there's like there is so many like like bands and so many art like like things going on here. You know what I mean? I feel like you know sometimes you just get like. Like, there's a lot of good music, but there's also, like, a lot of, like, I don't know, like... Trash? Yeah. I don't want to say trash, because no, all music's it. subjective, but... No, there, um, but there's just, there's a lot of, you know, people that aren't, you know, putting the effort in, I well, think, you know? there's no, there, like, in New York, there's such, like, or, like, L.A., there's so, there's so much elitism that, like, it weeds out, like, you don't even hear about bad bands <laughs> that come yeah, out of there, exactly. you know what I mean? But, like, here, it's just, like whatever we're not really taken seriously by the rest of the country right but like there is like a real art scene here like there's so many good bands here dude like like so many and there have been for like a long time you know and i hope that maybe 
you know, maybe Jacksonville could be like the Austin or the fucking Nashville eventually, you know what I mean? But like right now there's just a huge hardcore and punk scene, you know what I mean? There's not really like a big like indie band, like I don't I hate calling it that, but like there's not really like our type of bands, there's not like a whole bunch of those anymore. Yeah. But there's a huge hardcore scene here, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the, the thing that I kind of love about Jacksonville that drew me to it was that there it is this place for up-and-coming bands to thrive and discover its sound. And then it gets to a point where if you want to do things at a, a different level, it you know, you might have to start operating in a different place right now. Uh, not to say you can't get to a Nashville or, like, you know, even an Austin or something where there is some kind of like industry that's got a foothold but right now like there's not any any major labels based out of here there's not really any big agencies or management companies that are representing original acts um so and if there are it's very very small and it's not enough for them to take on more than one or two bands at a time you know so it doesn't allow for a lot of growth um, so until that happens, you know, it's just, it's hard. I think it's starting to happen though now. Yeah, Definitely. totally. You know? Yeah. With endangered wise men yeah. kind of stepping in and they've, uh, I guess they're working with you guys now, yeah. uh, Madison grace and you know, a bunch of like, you know, and so there's like one and then there's, you know, there's gotta be like five of them or mm-hmm. 10 of them. And then, you know, kind of cream rises to the top, yeah. you know, yeah, type situation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's been my whole thing with Jacksonville. You know, it was just like, okay, well, you know, like my band breaks up, so now I want to go on tour, but yeah, where's like the, in the jam band scene anyways, like where's that ecosystem exists? Yeah. You know, it's hard to find here yeah. right now anyways. So, yeah. yeah, but I'm stoked for you guys. It sounds like you guys are doing everything the right way. And uh, I mean, I love the relationship that you guys have. It's very cool. Thank you. And, um, you know, sounds like you got a good, like good heads on your shoulders, you know. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. So before we wrap up, we do a segment called Unpopular Opinions. Oh, shit. Uh, I saw what you guys said about the Rolling Stones, bro. That wasn't <laughs> me, dude. That was Chris. Although I do agree that, that, that the Beatles are, like, for me, I like them more than the Stones. Yeah, for sure. But to say that they're overrated, I don't think is a fair analysis. Yeah. And Chris, you know, hey, we've all, get, that's why they're Unpopular Opinions, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but, uh, Jack. Josh has some unpopular oh, opinions. I, I believe it. It's something that we have no idea about. <laughs> we'll start off with jack what you got bro was i supposed to bring in an unpopular opinion or am i supposed to do this off the top of my dome you can do but yeah i mean you know yeah off the top of your dome if you don't already have one uh come back to me okay we'll come back to you Mm. all right lauren or josh i feel like you're gonna be a wrecking ball (laughs) (laughs) okay okay i actually have one i have one Katy Perry is actually the example of the closest you can get to perfect songwriting. Really? Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I feel like most people would. I mean, like, it's, you know, straight up pop music, but everything is purposeful. Structure is purpose- purposeful. Tone is perfect. Like, guitars are perfect. Drums are perfect. Bass is perfect. Like, the harmonies are perfect. The melodies are perfect. Like, it is literally a perfectly constructed song. Lauren? No, I agree. I'm just trying to think of something. Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, Jack, do you have an opinion on this at all? I, I... I, she she's good. You know, it's it's always hard to figure <laughs> out with pop artists now these days who's writing the songs. Right. 
And I, I, I'm not familiar enough with Katy Perry to well, know Well, Dr. Whether. Luke wrote most of her stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He's one of my writing idols. So you're just saying as a performance... You know, she's performing the music, whether or not she's writing it is yeah, kind of irrelevant. Yeah. It's the writing yes. itself that she, yeah. okay. But that, that does take the, you know, the right performer. You yeah. Know, that's the marriage thing of the writer or the producer with the right artist. I mean, I mean, a great example of that is Kelly Clarkson, Since You've Been Gone. Like that song got passed through like so many different people for like a couple of years and then Kelly Clarkson did it and it was a hit. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. I mean, it's it's wild. I mean, it really is like like any other business, you know. Mariah Carey, "All I Want for Christmas Is You," like that one got passed through so many. Did it really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, I do. I don't disagree with you, but I don't think that she or or her writers have a, mon a monopoly on that because I would also say the same for like Taylor Swift or for like Dua Lipa or like like artists like pop artists at that level. I don't think are I think are all performing nearly perfect pieces of music. Mm -hmm. I mean, like nothing is out of place. I mean, like the best technology with the best engineers, with like the most successful producers, like manufacturing this perfect thing. Yeah. So audibly it works, musically it works, and then obviously the marketing and all that stuff behind it that just pushes it to uh, cultural icon status. You know. So yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree with you. Yeah, but I definitely think people that listen to this podcast would probably disagree. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've not made any friends. It looks like, but <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, I fucking love you. Oh, dude, <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking Bro. hilarious. Can we, can, we, can, can we go to the other bathroom for a sec, dude? Yeah, me in real quick. <laughs> I can't finish you, but I can start you off, big dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope my dad doesn't watch this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, do you love your dude? Do you are you do you have a good relationship with your dad? You my your dad. dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah, do. me and Lauren have the like the same dad. Like <laughs> the same fucking dad. Like my dad is one of those guys that's just like he went to MIT, he's like engineer brain, like he like like he's crazy smart and I'm like Music, <laughs> Dude, bro. rock and roll, right? And Lauren's yeah. dad's the same way. They're just super like quiet, like just dudes that are like yeah. you. Business, like my dad was in the military, yeah. and like they're both. It's like um, they're the same person on different opposite yeah. spectrums. Yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. So yeah, and you guys are both like these like these out there like artists. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren's yeah. dad's a little more fun than mine is. Like my dad, like it's it's like I get. Making my dad laugh brings me a lot of joy. You know what I mean? Like, like, um, like you gotta appeal to his intellect or his bro. You gotta work make, hard. Like. Making Lauren's dad laugh, like, cause he's oh, there's no bros in that house. Let me be honest. And Lauren's dad's a retired bro, and <laughs> so whenever bro. whenever I'm over there, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> bring him out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I went over there one time, and like Lauren's family was in there, and they're doing something, and I just and Rick's just in there, and I sat down, I'm like, do you like Will Ferrell SNL skits? He's like. Yeah, and we just watched SNL <laughs> Will Ferrell for like thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And my dad's like, so, how's school going? You know, like Lauren's dad gets it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dad's just started to get it. He's cool. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad you have a good relationship. I <laughs> don't know. So, <laughs> sorry for all those people that don't out yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> Eat this <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I mean, was your dad, were your parents really supportive of the music thing or did it take a little bit to get warmed up to? Um, my dad's very supportive. My dad's a musician and like came up uh, in the, 
music scene in South Florida in the 70s and 80s uh, and toured and put out music and um, has friends that are wildly successful in the industry. Um, so he gets it 100%. I think, you know, he would like it if I, you know, pivoted at this point in my life mm -hmm. and tried to find something more stable. But I mean, uh, you know, every time I talk to him or vent to him about stuff, it's he's always very supportive and you know everything so that's yeah awesome yeah dude. i'm very lucky with that for that's sure sick. there's like no element of it that he doesn't like understand or doesn't yeah. get why i'm doing it you know yeah. we so. just have that thing inside you that's just like i have to fucking do this bro yeah there's no yeah. other option yeah. you know like yeah. even this podcast is to serve my music career yeah, you know yeah. what i mean right. so it's like you know i i just i love being creative in general so uh this works for that too but yeah i mean it's just you know it's fun you know yeah. i love i love writing and performing i could pro i mean i like performing too but i really enjoy writing and and being in the studio that's like where my heart lives i think you know yeah, that's us yeah i'm not a musician bro like um the writing is something i feel like that's that's where we pride ourselves on and we're still like nowhere near like good i feel like yeah like, no you are great writers oh, uh, I appreciate and that. i think that are you guys playing the, i mean you're definitely singing on the album yeah, right yeah. you're a great singer and are, they uh, can't get rid of me yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they've tried <laughs> oh no here we go <laughs> unpopular opinion yeah. <laughs> where's my blink three times if i'm okay <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was very sexist of me. Are you okay, Josh? <laughs> yeah. No, dude. Lauren hates me, bro. She hates me. You're, I think you're a big enough dude. I think you'll be all right. I've been pinching him this whole time. <laughs> Stop! Stop! Um, and, and what are you playing? What are you playing on the record? Uh, I play guitar and this stuff. I so mean, all so all of our demos is everything. I play all the instruments, but like when we record, like well, our guys play okay. them. What are this? Who's performing what on, on the SoundCloud songs that I heard? On the SoundCloud, yeah. um, so it's me on um, most of the guitars, and our old guitar player Seth Miller on um, the some of the other guitar parts. Um, then our old bass player Joseph Sapinski on bass and. Um, our old friend Adam Mostel on drums. So okay. Our Adam did such a fucking awesome job on these drum tracks. Um, I gotta give it to Adam, dude. Like he was like our drummer. Like he was our second drummer, and he came in and really like changed our sound. Like as far as like people started to take us seriously after that, because he's such an awesome drummer. His performance were uh, on the on those songs were were fantastic yeah. and. Uh, going back to you not being great musicians, your performances were phenomenal on those tracks Thank too. You. Doesn't like I mean, I don't care. <clears throat> I don't care how well you can play in your bedroom or on stage. When you get into the studio, that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. And to be able to perform it and it come through in a way that seems flawless, I know things can be done to make that happen. But you're still having to play this stuff. And um, it's all very well executed. So, you know, for whatever that's worth, I think you're fantastic musicians. Thank you. So, thank you. Um, back to the unpopular opinions. Yeah. Um, Lauren, what's your unpopular opinion? Do you have one? No. No, you don't have any unpopular airhead, opinions. Airhead, airhead. <laughs> I don't believe you. You've got something in you that that. You, what was that thing you, that you were saying about pharmacies earlier? Oh my god! <laughs> uh -oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got one. I thought of one. What do you got, yeah. Jack? Um, 
the early 2000s is the worst sounding era of music. Oh, oh. fuck off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, okay, sonically. Sonically. What do you wait? What? What do you mean sonically? So we're we're coming out of the '90s, right? It's the transition of kind of old school studios that are running things like tape, actual consoles, things that we associate old school recording with. That is still kind of around today, but I make Pro Tools, Pro Tools in the '90s. Everybody is shifting from now making records in big old school studios to brand new studios are using all the cutting edge computers, all the cutting edge everything. And if you listen to song uh, like bands like Blink-182 or like any punk band, I encourage you to listen to the symbols of any of those tracks because they just sound brittle and obnoxious. And I mean, there was something definitely lost when the digital age of music came around. Like you're saying, you're saying like, Sonically, like the recording process in the early 2000s when they started making it digital, mm-hmm. it sounds so bad. I think it suffered. Really? Yeah. During the transition period. Yeah. yeah. So I, I use Blink 182 as an example because I, I, I think that's one. I mean, they're great songs that I grew up with and everything, you know? But I, um, I actually think is there like a cutoff point for how far back we can go? Because there's been multiple periods in history where technology has advanced quicker in some respects than in others where it doesn't... So like for me, like the 80s, I would say, mm. own, own a portion of that too, right? I think it definitely happened some in the 80s. And like um, even in the 60s, listening to the Beatles go from like early 60s into the later 60s when the recording technology and pr- production ideas mm-hmm. started really to get more advanced. And you started having more uh, space on tape. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you bring up a good point. There's that growing phase in all, like every era of music. I just think that the early 2000s, and, you know, it started transitioning in the like mid 90s. Right. But I think really the early 2000s. Man, if half the albums that came out from like like 1997 to like 2006, if those had just been recorded better or not on a computer, I mean, I think they would be masterpieces Got, okay, considered so, by a lot of people. Yeah, so you're saying the quality of, of the production versus like the yeah. so the writing isn't isn't lost. It's just the quality of the production, right? Yeah, because you're now dealing with a new tool, right? That is supposed to be better but uh i think we are better for it now yeah totally totally what do you I, guys think about i have that? an unpopular opinion okay do you not want to unpack this one anymore <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> oh, i agree <laughs> no, no no i i want to i want to i want to say something i can understand like what you're saying like there are some like like there's some songs where like i feel like like drum sounds like sound really tinny like they did like in like the like late 60s early 70s like mm-hmm. they didn't really figure out how to make like drums pop yet so i can see what you're saying but also like what the fuck are you talking about bro like there's so <laughs> many there's so many more examples that are like this is like awesome but no yeah i see it I, but maybe like what he's saying is like when they were using the technology versus you know there were still acts or artists that were coming out on like older technologies at that time they were still probably producing, you know, sounds that were familiar mm-hmm. of the '90s, yeah. right? But then it's more like the highly produced stuff, like especially in hip hop, 
you know, like pop, like pop rap, like, like Yin Yang Twins and yeah, fucking yeah. all that shit at that time, which yeah. was like, I mean, first off, the music is just ratchet as fuck. But then, like, the technology also, I mean, it's its brash. It's hard to listen to, I feel Yeah, like. and a, a tell sign is if you go and listen back to bands, like, I think, like, a band like U2, their sound drastically changed when yeah. you got to the 2000s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, they, they definitely had all that money to invest in all the stuff, and I, I know for a fact that I, I, I can hear the yeah. difference. Dude, you know? there, was, there was a song. Not, not saying it's better or, or worse, but there's a difference. Well, bro, there was a song that I listened to recently. I can't remember what it, what it was, but it was from that era. And I was like looking over um, at my, uh, I was just I was just making a comment. I was watching a movie with my girlfriend and she was like, and this song came on and I was like, oh, that's a terrible snare sound. <laughs> and it oh, was yeah. just like. It, that was definitely the era of terrible snare sounds. Yeah. And it was like, it just sounded, I mean, so on, just so cheap and it was like, how was this a fucking like a pop hit? And it was, it was a, it was a rap song from that era, and that's where I was. And so, yeah, actually, I 100% agree with you. See, the, the digital age started messing with things, but that's just because we were trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. now, like, it's, now you, you know, the writing dude. was all there, and like the ideas were all there. It's just we were really inhibited by the the digital age. But now, you know, now we're cool. Now we can. I mean, anybody could do anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, everyone with a laptop's a writer, producer, engineer yeah. now. You know, totally, totally. Yeah. That's cool. That's you a like, good one. I like it. Do you like Three Six Mafia? I fucking love Three Six. Do you Mafia. like Project Pat? Fucking. I mean, he's not my favorite one of that whole crew, but yeah. What I mean, you know about Project Pat? Man, oh, Francis Menanzas from Rinky Dink Records. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, get out of here with your stick. Yeah. <laughs> What you talking about? No record deal. <laughs> That's so fucking. We funny. go rumble in this hole. Sorry. <laughs> I think I'm a, a different era of Project Pat than, yeah. uh, than you guys. I was listening to Project Pat when I was younger than you. Wow. Yeah. So it's like I have a whole. I mean, I love Three Six Mafia. That was yeah. my shit when I was in high school. Now he's like a reformed. Like he goes to like jails and preaches about God and stuff. And That's hilarious. Yeah. That's <laughs> The guy that's like, I'll shoot your mama boys. Like, yeah. Or slob my knob. Yeah, 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 fucking, yeah, yeah. You know, like just shoot. Like you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> now he goes to prisons and talks to people about God. Well, that's because fucking half the people that he was coming up with are dead now. Yeah, so yeah. It's like... <laughs> All right, Lauren, you had an unpopular opinion. Sorry. I hate Lizzo. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's very unpopular. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like you're in the right place for that okay. opinion. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no. no, I always, in like in light of all of like the allegations that have come out about her recently. What allegations? I don't even know. She like sexually harassed like the people that worked for her and oh, like for real? yeah and like fat imagine? shamed them. <laughs> what? But, yeah, crazy, crazy shit. Um, but I always knew, I always knew that like there was something wrong. Yeah. There was there was something about that dynamic that was just not not gonna go well. And I held on to that opinion for years. You're a and fucking hero, you know that? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're fucking God, one of the real ones. Not all yeah. heroes wear cakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude, imagine like what kind of like fairy tale world she has to live in where she's fat shaming her dancers, dude. I know, dude, right? just like, queen, queen, yeah. dude, do what you want, bro. Fucking <laughs> uh, 12 Big Max, we love you, baby, we love you. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> she just lives in such an awesome world, dude. I mean, that sounds awesome, bro. Like, you're, yeah. you're, 
you're an overweight individual and you have fucking no idea. Yeah. <laughs> you have no clue. It's, I mean, there's an element of it where I'm like, I mean, yeah, where it is like, it's awesome. It's like good for you that you can walk around with that much like pride in, and then also be such a fucking bitch. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm saying that under, <laughs> I'm saying that, um, <laughs> while, um, you know, I don't know what all the allegations are. I'm just basically what you're telling me. So I'm going to, I could be making this up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're calling Lizzo a bitch and she's like the nicest person in the world. Hey, Rick, you know, people on your podcast and they fuck you. <laughs> fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love Lizzo and they came in and they ruined my day. I fucking hate Lizzo, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't know enough about her to have an opinion one way or the other. I think, I mean, I don't know. I guess she can play, can play the flute real well. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. can't even play the flute. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of Lizzo. Those are backing checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, no, wasn't she a classically trained flautist? I have no idea. Oh, you're just talking shit again. I yeah. got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're just making she shit up. She plays the flute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she? I th- Skin I th- flute. It's like Katy Perry plays the flute. <laughs> I'm talking shit about my girl. I see what you're saying now, Josh. She's just making shit up over here. Yeah. Dude, okay, funny story. Our guitar played in our band real quick when we were in high school. Dude, this is really fucked up, but it's hilarious. Oh, oh, <laughs> so, no, no, our friend Besson, right, who plays guitar for us, she like posted on her spam. She's like, oh my God, like he went to sleep. This is the middle of the night. She's like, oh my God, Besson, I can't believe you're gone. I'm going to miss you forever. Like, this sucks. And she like just started posting on these things to Besson. And for like 12 hours, everyone's like, Besson died? Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, and he like woke up to all these things, like people being like, hey, bro, I know you'll never see this, but I love you, dog. Like, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so everyone in our friend group was like, Benson fucking died, dude. Yeah, I get so many texts that were like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> and then like 12 hours later, I go to sleep, I wake up, and all my texts are like, that is so fucked up. <laughs> Side note, what a fucking ego boost for your boy. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, fun. that's pretty funny. Actually. Lauren's actually... <laughs> She's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, okay. She's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, faking people's deaths is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny because like his band at the time was like releasing a single, so I like oh, I was like smart. I drummed up all this like yeah, yeah. hoopla about about him dying, and I was like the doctors were able to save his life, <laughs> but only if you go stream their new single. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. That's actually really clever. I like that. <laughs> That's not why she did it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fucking lie. I was just bored. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's fucking hilarious. I love that. Uh, um, let's see. I write them down like every day. I have new ones, so I gotta like write them down. I'll, I'll forget. Or I'll repeat them. Um, Rumpa Stumpy. <laughs> um, I uh, hate throw pillows. Like the is that the term for like pills you don't use they're just aesthetic? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, oh the yeah, like make the white bitches go wild. Yeah, type shit, bro. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> look at my fucking ottoman. Imagine if dudes were into that kind of shit. They just walk in, bro. <laughs> look at my fucking lamp, dude. Look at this shit, bro. Have, look how hard it is, dog. Yeah, people yeah. like they get into fights about it. They yeah. have like wars over yeah, it. Yeah. Look at yeah. look at the fake acorns in the middle of my living room, dog. Why, you don't like that shit, bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you? 
they throw pillows though? Uh, because they're um, ineffectual. Okay. They don't do anything. You need purpose. Yeah, exactly. I'm a fan of utility, and I don't understand why something has to exist that doesn't serve a purpose. <laughs> that I've been watching a lot of Dr. Drew lately, and the only thing I think of, and by, by the way, I totally 100% agree with you. I think yeah, they're dude. useless items. That, that's that's like the man mind. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you know, utilitarian. Yeah. Boy shit, boy shit. Yeah, yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, if there were monster trucks on the couch, yeah. now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate monster trucks also. Maybe that's another one that I don't That's a good unpopular opinion. Yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not or, a car guy. I'm not a car guy, so like, but I always say like, imagine if like the same principle of car guys was like hammers. You're like, look at that fucking hammer, bro. Yeah. <laughs> look how cool it is, dog. Look at what it does. Like, yeah. Maybe that maybe that makes me kind of a bitch because I'm not in the cars. I did walk around in Home <laughs> Depot for like ten minutes just looking at power tools the other day because I grew up making stuff, and I don't know. There's something that just makes you feel powerful, powerful with a power tool. Mm. I 100% agree. I ran over my mailbox last week. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> did it make you feel powerful? <laughs> that did not make me feel powerful. Uh, or n- neither did it make my brake light feel that great either. Uh, but <laughs> I built a fucking mailbox, dude. And let me tell you, like, I've never felt like so fucking like manly in my entire life. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I deadlift 365. So, yeah. um, <laughs> Uh, you know, it made me feel pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of a fucking man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of a man. Yeah. And everyone's going to hear me sing. Like, uh-huh. yeah. He has a sensitive side. Yeah. <laughs> he's just a tortured artist. <laughs> that's, that's why he smashed his mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was so funny, too, because I got in my car like really early because I was trying to go to the gym. And like I go forward and I just went backwards and then straight in the fucking mailbox. Dude. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was a total. Uh, How long have you been sober now for? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, d- I feel like I'm dumber a little bit now in some aspects. Uh, like I'm just gullible. Like I have that like blonde airy fairy thing. Someone will be like, yeah, dude, fucking lights are made out of spaceships. And I'm just like, really? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll think lights about it. And I'll, I'll think about it like an hour later, like, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to be funny and I looked like an idiot. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, yeah, I, I get that. Like you want to, you want to give people like the grace of goodwill. Like you want to assu- like assume that they're not trying to fuck with you. Because, yeah. like, why would you be that way? Yeah, that's why I feel like people with throw pillows, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, you're f- <laughs> fucking degen, dude. Like, yeah. Don't put these on my... Don't insult my intelligence in my presence by putting these fucking useless pillows on my bed. Yeah, for real. It's yeah. just one... Ex- like, I want to go home, and I want to pass out. I don't want to have to do the work to get comfortable, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, I don't fucking make my bed either, I'll say it. I'll fucking just yeah, leave yeah. that shit the way it is and hop in at night and just call it a day. What is you're so brave. maximum number... <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes, boys. (laughs) (laughs) The maximum number of pillows that you allow on your bed? Three. Three? Three, yeah. Two for me, one for a guest. It's basically it. One for the guest. So you like to play the power (laughs) move with your pillows, too? It's like, no, I get two. Yeah. You get that one. I have Have two pillows. I have have two pillows, one Star Wars pillow. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm nice, she'll get the Star Wars pillow. Okay. If I'm being a nice guy. Um, I have three pillows on my bed that I share with my girlfriend, and I use all three pillows. (laughs) 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 Never had so much fucking respect for one man, dude. (laughs) 
That's hard as hell, dude. This guy's ending wars. <laughs> Fuck, dude. I mean, some call me a warrior. I don't know. I yeah. just fucking do what I do, you know? I'm getting tears stuck. <laughs> Three? Yeah. Three? Yeah, bro. Did you sleep on the floor? <laughs> I mean, I, if, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Did um, she do that thing where it's like, like you're like, all right, it's time to sleep now. Like you go to your side and she like just, w you just wake up with her like, like all. Like all no, that's usually the reverse because uh, I'm a fucking like worm when I sleep. I fucking like, I can't <laughs> sit still, dude. Yeah. So like, she'll be sleeping and I'm just like, she gets like shoved off the bed or like, just, <laughs> I wasn't even joking. Like, like I, I just like, I just spread out. I, I just, I wake up and I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, you know, um, you hard as a motherfucker, brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, guys, let's, let's wrap this up. This has been awesome. Yeah, I'm so happy we got to do this and hang out with you guys. Um, yeah. When's the music coming out? Where should people find your shit? Our first single, .001, has two songs. It's an A-side, a B-side. The A-side is called Looks Like I s Picked the Wrong Week to Stop Sniffing Glue. Okay. The B-side is called We're Gonna Need a Bigger Boat. It comes out August 25th on anywhere you listen to music, and there'll be a music video released with it. Fuck yeah. yeah. And where can people follow you? Uh, at Instagram, at Parks and Rest. Dope. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. thank you guys for being here. Uh, thank thank you, you, Jack, for filling in, bro. Thank you were an awesome addition to the podcast. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you.